Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Pastor Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad that you joined us here today for our program. Well, I've been moving through the Advent season. Last week, we lit the hope candle, and we talked about the coming Christ, the anticipation, and just the posture of Israel at a time when they did not have the hope that we have now, that they were in a season of waiting for centuries, waiting for the coming Messiah. We also looked at the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We talked about the haunting aspect of that hymn in such a way it's in a minor key. It's not joyful like the other hymns because it so accurately represents the need for the Savior, the bankruptcy spiritually of that nation so that it can then be contrasted with the beauty, the heart-rendering uh, carols that that talk about the birth of baby Jesus, the joyful songs that then talk about our hope and help us tell and proclaim the good news of the Christmas season to all people. But it was important last week to start there because first we have to understand that we need God, that the Advent season is not about shopping trips and family gatherings, though those are fun and enjoyable and we need to do them sometimes. The point of the Advent season is a celebration of the incarnation of Christ, where God came near, where he came, took on flesh, dwelt among us, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and in him we can have our sins forgiven because he paid the price. He has the power, he had the obedience, and the ability to restore us to our original design, and one day we can have the hope of being with him forever. Today we're moving from the hope candle to the peace candle. Doesn't peace sound nice right about now? A 2019 Gallup Emotions Report recorded a recent uptick in American worry, stress, and anger. In 2018, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America indicated that up to 18% of the U.S. population have an anxiety disorder. And ladies and gentlemen, that study was before the pandemic, which I imagine has probably made that even more potent. Despite America's relative freedom and affluence, many of our citizens enter a holiday season of celebration and hope with feelings of despair. One of the reasons for these negative feelings stems from a tendency to think that peace is circumstantial. Money, possessions, and stability become the objects of peace, which rarely satisfy. The materialism that surrounds the Christmas season can overshadow the real source of peace that is found in the manger. Billy Graham said, The world doesn't give peace, for it doesn't have any peace to give. It fights for peace. It negotiates for peace. It maneuvers for peace. But there is no ultimate peace in the world. 
but Jesus gives the peace to those who put their trust in him. Another misconception about peace is that it's simply the absence of conflict. The Hebrew word shalom means wholeness. When someone is whole, they can function gracefully amid conflict. Tony Evans says, peace doesn't mean that you will not have any problems. Peace means that your problems will not have you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 states, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Tim Keller reminds us to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. For every one look at your sin, take five looks at your Savior. By putting our hope in Christ this season, we can receive that peace that only He can give. This week, I look at the actual birth of Christ. Last week, we were talking about the anticipation of the coming Christ and the waiting. In this passage, we look at the actual arrival of Jesus. And Luke chapter 2, 13 and 14 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So again, very popular Luke chapter 2, the shepherds behold this fantastical, angelic announcement of the birth of Christ that has been foretold for centuries. Furthermore, we also see in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, Mary gave birth to her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. We see this beautiful image of the birth of Christ in humble circumstances. When we think of our VIP treatment, our vanity, our pride, and what we feel like we deserve. And we think about the journey of Christ's birth. First, we have Mary with the Magnificat praying, said, yes, I will carry this child. You have Joseph who has to be persuaded to not leave Mary and to basically be the earthly father of the coming Messiah. You have the circumstances of them coming to do the census, the long, arduous travel at a time when a pregnant woman would not be very comfortable in those circumstances. You have the, the underlying situation with Herod. You have all of these non-peaceful, non-ideal circumstances that surround the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then there's this moment, this little quick moment amid all of that craziness, because what's going to happen is there was all the craziness that led up to the birth. And then afterwards, there's going to be a period where there's going to be the threat of Herod and all of those other circumstances after his birth. But for this quick moment, you see the celebration, but then the quiet moment as a young lady holds God incarnate 
wrapping him in swaddling clothes, which which basically clothing scraps, and setting the Messiah in a feed trough. But yet, it's amazing how even those humble circumstances emit this amazing feeling of peace that will underscore the coming events. There's a very popular hymn, Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Think about that, sleep in heavenly peace amid all of this craziness, all of this waiting, all of this anticipation. There's this moment where sleep and heavenly peace goes on to talk about his nature silent night holy night son of god loves pure light radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace that means it's pointing towards the redeeming grace that this child is going to give all of humanity and that's the beauty of in some cases the incarnation that redeeming grace that is going to be needed by all of humanity who've waited for this child to grow, live a sinless life, die on the cross, ascend, and to this day give us the peace that can only come from him. The last verse says, Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar, Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Again, we talked about the Luke chapter 2 passage earlier. And think about the peace that is going to come from the birth of this child. What it represents. You see, the incarnation to us is not, I mean, it just seems like a cute baby's born and let's all have a fun time. But you have to understand that for God to take on human form, dwell among us and live a sinless life, the humiliation that we typically associate with Easter, the crucifixion and all of the events that happened there, that's that looks terrible. But to me, when you look at God incarnate taking on our body, 
that is a humiliation in and of itself. Just coming in human form, in my opinion, would have been enough for me to be amazed that he would be willing to do that. But then you add what God accomplishes in this time throughout this life and what that means for believers. That is a source of a peace that can overcome any obstacle that we have, any issue that we have, any emotion that we have, that all we have to do is receive his grace and he will transform our life. Derwin Gray talks about how Americans are obsessed with Christmas presents, as in with a T, like a gift, when we should be focused on God's presence, as in God with us. This season, that peace cannot come from any present that we can give each other. It can come from the presence of God, and if you will, the present of grace, that all we have to do is ask for it and believe, and it's there for us. I close with a reminder to those who have found peace with God. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This season may present more than just an opportunity to use your peacefulness to navigate and ease holiday conflict. Perhaps your gracefulness will point others to the Savior who can offer the same peace this Christmas season. May God bless you. I hope this season is special for you, and we will see you on the next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.